For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up? Good evening, everybody. It is the Beast of the East podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Also coming at you live from Willis Digital Media. I'm Corey Burton. I'm your host. Joining me as my co-host is Craig Ladd. And also joining us in the middle of the screen is our chat box. That's right. You have a voice on the show. So welcome in all you chatters. Again, we're the Beats of the East on the Believe Podcast Network. Anywhere you can find your podcasting uh, needs, go find us on Apple, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, all those all those different places. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit that bell. Follow us on Twitter. You can see our, all of our information right here down below. You can find me on uh, also SEC After Dark, Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast, and the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast as well. So, um, joining me is Craig Corey, Ladd. What's up, Craig? It's, uh, it's dwindling down. Uh, we're less than we're less than fourteen days, two weeks away from the first of college football. Hard to believe. It's very hard to believe. I, I, I'm so I'm stoked. Our first game is this week. Actually, we've been. Uh, We've been in practice practice mode, so uh, I am uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. We are uh, we're rocking and rolling through uh, through the month of August. So um, our show is presented by BetOnline.ag. The all the live betting action that you need is there. Uh, if you're into sports betting, BetOnline is the place where you should go. You can go there and win some money today, whether it's live bets during games or futures or who you think will win a championship. Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for your online sports betting needs. So visit the website today, use your mobile device to join, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, no matter which device you, you use. So before the next big game, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Let's get into it, Craig. We got a we got a big show for you guys again. Uh, the chat is going. So hey, is this thing on? Yes, it is. Uh, Willis Digital Media says it is indeed on. So uh, first topic: Will Levis QB one at Kentucky. Not surprised. This is probably one of the worst kept secrets of all time, but nonetheless, it is a true statement. What well, you, you know, I, I agree with you. I don't. It wasn't a big surprise, and nor was it a big surprise that, uh, as a result, Joey Gatewood is in the transfer portal, um, which indicates to Not me, surprised. which indicates to me that he was probably third string. Yes. So that means Bo Allen probably finished and beat him out at number as number two. So um, 
it's going to be fun to see them throw a forward pass. That, that'll be interesting for, for Kentucky. So um, I'm excited for that. Will Levis, again, is probably the most familiar with the Liam Cohen system. So, uh, you know, Mark Stoops making a, making a bold decision going with the transfer. Yeah. And, uh, you know, let's be quite honest. Uh, you know, uh, this, this thing was wide open. Nobody, you know, Gatewood didn't show anything last year when he was in ball games, And this thing was wide open. And, you know, Levis uh, decided to transfer to Kentucky for a reason. He, he knew it was wide open. He had a good chance to be the starting quarterback. And that's what's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. And and he brings all the he brings all the tangible and intangible things to to the table. I mean, guy has a guy has a big arm, he's athletic, he can move, he's familiar with the system, he does well uh in play action. He he can like I said, he, he can dance around in the pocket, he can do a bunch of different stuff. So um I'm uh, I'm I'm excited to see what what he does for Kentucky and and this honestly boosts Kentucky up. I, I think that you were kind of—I was kind of skeptical of what they were going to do with the quarterback position, and uh, now I think that brings a whole nother level of confidence to this Kentucky Wildcat team. No, I agree with you. I think they're going to be more open, no doubt, than they have been past. Uh, I think they'll be slinging around a little bit more than you, you've seen uh, mm-hmm. uh, because of Levis, and uh, you know, obviously. You know, they were very vanilla last year with their offense. There's no doubt about that. You know, you can you can say what you want to about Eddie Grant, but you, you've got to have somebody that can throw the ball in order to throw it, or uh, they become a very big liability. Yeah, and, and you, know, you have to have something that goes with the run game, and uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, Jake Thomas is in the house. Uh, you can catch him. Uh, he's on Tide Talk Sports on the Believe Network, and he's also our sister show on uh, Best of the West. I say, and uh, that, that comes on every Tuesday night, and uh, they do a great job over there talking about the Western Division. It's Bama and everybody else. Actually, that's not true at all this year. Um, it, if if you want to really get bold, Brandon Boykin, uh, formerly the Georgia Bulldogs and the Philadelphia Eagles and a couple other. NFL ball clubs on uh, currently on the SEC network predicted Ole Miss was going to win the West on the Jay Boy Show. So how about that? Interesting. Um, you know, I I think Ole Miss is going to be very good. I don't think they're going to win the West, though. I, I really don't. I don't yeah. think they'll. I don't think got enough. I still am very suspect of that defense, and you know, you just cannot improve as porous as their defense was last year, I, I just don't know how you can improve dramatically enough to beat, uh, to beat the top teams in the West and win the West. Yeah. And Jake Thomas coming in, coming in hot picking. Uh, I know Vinny would be very happy with that con- comment. He thinks Kentucky is going to finish second behind Georgia in the East. I'm right there with you, man. I'm right there with you. I had Missouri for a long time, but now that now that they've picked a quarterback that can throw a forward pass, it just adds to their complement of of weapons. So uh Kentucky, definitely number two in the East. It's a very down east. It is. I you know, I I I I'm not going that way. I'm still gonna take Florida, even though I don't think Florida's gonna be uh, you know, nearly as good as they have been. Uh, you know. Uh, 
just I just don't think they're as talented as they have been in the past, even though I think they have more overall talent than Kentucky. Uh, and that's basically why I'm going with them. Uh, I, I just think, you know, in the trenches, depth, uh, I just think they have more than Kentucky. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I think that, um, you know, Florida's recruited that well. And Florida's recruited that way. So, you know, you have to think that they're going to, uh, you have to think they're going to, they're going to put something together and, and really kind of, um, make something of themselves. So for Florida, it's going to be interesting, interesting East. I think that that game is going to be very, very intriguing as far as can Kentucky make it two in a row? Can they, can they do something in that game? So um, you would like to say that they have another dimension, but let's check in on the vault, Craig. Absolutely. You know, it's uh, still, you know, we, we can talk about the quarterback battle. They had a, Scrimmage on Saturday, and from all of reports, it's pretty. That it was Joe Milton, uh, Hooker, and then Bailey. Uh, Maurer has not practiced uh, three straight practices, and word has has been rumors out there that he's been was told that he wasn't going to be the starting quarterback, and this, that, and the other. So I, I'm sure he's weighing his options uh, on what he wants. Do and and probably the transfer portal. That's what, that's you know, basically my guess. But that was that's been you know speculated that he was told that he was not going to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, I mean you know you you get these three guys Bailey, Milton, and Hooker. I started to crack that top three, you know, and so right, he, he needs to transfer, find a place where he where he can fit in and 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 just go. That's what he needs to do. Well, I, you know, I said from the get-go, you know, the fact that they took Joe Milton uh, as late as they did as a transfer, I thought was an indication that that Heupel was not satisfied with the quarterbacks he had in the stable. And uh, indications are so far that Milton has been the better quarterback of those three were four. So, I, to me, I think – I would be surprised if Milton is not the starter against Bowling Green. Which is odd to me because I felt like he struggled at Michigan to do some of the things that you want a starting quarterback to do. But um, we've got some questions on the chat. Um, Emory Jones, is he the answer at Florida? What do you think about that? That remains to be seen. I mean, uh, to me, you know, all the eggs are in his basket, you know, and his head coach is 100% behind him and has said a lot of positive things about him. Again, you know, he's played some, but it's always been second fiddle. When Mm -hmm. when the the light is shining directly on you on every play, it, it becomes very tough. And some, some, some quarterbacks, their shoulders are not broad enough to take that. Right. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a lot of pressure. Gator Nation is is certainly no, you know, no small potato program. So I think Emory Jones is good in his own right. I, I think that Dan Mullen understands how to use guys like that uh, because he's had guys like that at Mississippi State his entire tenure with, you know, the, the likes of Nick Fitzgerald, Chris Ralph, Dak Prescott, you know, those guys, you know, the, the, those type of quarterbacks. I, I think you're going to see something different from Emory Jones that you saw from Kyle Trask. And Steve and I talk about this on SEC After Dark. Um, every time we bring up 
Emory Jones and the Florida Gators. I always caution and say, man, he better not try that Kyle Trask offense because that ain't going to work. So that's that's my take on that. I, I would feel better if Emory Jones, his first, I guess if if the years were flipped. If last year it was Emory Jones, this you know, he was going to be the quarterback because of a graduation, I'd feel better about last year than I do this year just because of the all the other weapons uh, that Florida had in 2020 that they are not going to have this year. Exactly. I, I think it's going to – I mean, they lose so, so much. So it's going to be kind of like – it's going to be slim pickings. I mean, you have a lot of things that are – not known. I mean, they have some good athletes. They've recruited well, so you can't say they have no talent. They just have no proven talent. You you don't have that one guy that you can look at on this Florida offense and say, okay, that's the guy. Like you could look at Kyle Pitts and far and away say, that's the guy. Or Darius Tony. If it wasn't Kyle Pitts, you could say, okay, Darius Tony, that's the guy. And and Dan Mullen has been surprisingly average. And running the ball with with the running back position, right. and so that you know you you get under production from from a talented running back room that doesn't lend itself it, it, at all either, and so you don't have a strong running attack, and that's not kind of what Dan Mullen does. Dan Mullen runs with the quarterback very, very well, but he doesn't run with the running backs very well, which is ironic. And then you don't have those surefire weapons. What is this Florida team going to be? And until we figure that out, I, I have a hard time pick having them contend in the East until we can find out. I, I think answers. he's going to have more internal pressure on him than he would have had last year due to the fact, as you, as you mentioned, Pitts, Grimes, and Tony. All three of those guys are going to be mm-hmm. playing in the NFL uh, in, mm-hmm. in, in a month or so on a Sunday. Uh, they're all very, very talented players. Without those guys, I think more pressure. He's going to have. He's going to have more internal pressure to to have the feeling of, hey, I, I've got to. I've got to make plays. I, I'm the guy. I've got to make plays. Where last year, I don't think that was the case. And I think Kyle Trask, he benefited from that tremendously. Mm-hmm. No doubt. And and he was he was somebody that even coming into last year, I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know if Kyle Trask can get this thing done. So. Um, but, uh, also positively old miss, uh, chimes in, he's asking or whoever's running that account, wink, we know who it is. Um, how does that Sean McVay offense translate to college football? He worries about the Bill Callahan and college experiment. Well, let's say Sean McVay is superior offensive mind to Bill Callahan. Let's start there. Secondly, it fits right into what Kentucky does well because if, if you really look at a Sean McVay offense, it's a lot of it's a lot of play action, a lot of stuff off the run, a lot of stuff under center, um, moving the quarterback out of the pocket, booting him, throwing back, stuff like that. Our, you know, there's going to be the limit of RPOs and things like that. the 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 real question is, how is Liam Cohen going to figure out what to pair this offense down to to fit within the twenty hour a week rule? But this this system as a whole. Is, is really, really good. I mean, you took a subpar quarterback at the NFL level in Jared Goff, and you went to a Super Bowl. And you competed in that Super Bowl for uh, as much as you can against the Bill Belichick team. And and so 
you take that offense, you put a legitimate quarterback in there. You have two really good running backs in Chris Rodriguez and Kavasi Smoke. You have a really good offensive line that can protect well. This is going to be this is going to fit right into it. No, I agree with you. I, I you know, I, I agree one hundred percent with that. I, I think it's gonna be uh much better. Uh, obviously, than it was, uh, you know, obviously, it's, there's no 100% guarantee that it's going to. But I, I just think, you know, there's more there's more sharing of information and I'll say more implementation of offenses translating in uh, pro college, vice versa. Than there was in the past, you know, most people say, oh, you can't run that in the pros. You'll get your quarterback. Well, you know, we, we, we heard all about that. And lo and behold, we saw, you know, for one, Mike Vick, the offense that was run for him and, you know, uh, Cam Newton, we, we go on and on and on. They used to say, you know, you can't have a, a running quarterback. Well, now everybody wants a quarterback and the running quarterback in the NFL. Uh, so I think part of that translated to to uh, from from college to the NFL and and you've had some guys uh, you know jump from college to the NFL and implement that Cliff Kingsbury for one what he's done with uh, Murray I mean mm-hmm. uh, you know there is no way there's no way that that happens probably 15 years ago. Not a chance it happens 15 years ago. There's yeah. a lot of running quarterbacks that are sitting there going, really? Really? I could have been in the league, really? And even, <laughs> I mean, even as as early as like, or even as, as early back as the 2008, 2009. So, yeah, I mean, you, you look at, you look at the way that that landscape has changed. I think college and pro, when it comes to schemes, are more and more intertwined. You got RPOs, running quarterbacks, zone reads, things like that coming up to the pro level, and then you've got some of the play action and, and under center stuff coming down to the college level uh, that you see a lot of these pro style teams use. So um, I think it's going to fit really, really well. I, I think the problem with these NFL coaches is they have a hard time adjusting to the time restrictions. That's that's the biggest challenge. I think scheme is scheme, no matter how you slice it and dice it. Um, you just got to slice and dice it in the right way that that you can find something that works that you can that you can digest in that within those time constraints. Yeah, and and you know, and, and another guy that struggles with that is Todd Grantham. Yes, yes. Uh, like I said, it, it uh, and you mentioned the RPO. You know, that this was this would have been unheard of, as I said, fifteen years ago. There's no way these NFL teams would have risked their quarterback running the ball that much. Uh, back then, but now um, it's become uh, a vital part of of all. I mean, every every offense in the NFL is using this in some some sort of way. Uh, so you know, mm-hmm. it, it's amazing how how that works. Um, but like I said, it there's more sharing to me as far as as knowledge goes, or uh, if you want to say stealing of ideas. Uh, either way, mm-hmm. you, how you want to put it, than than there has has been in the past. And you know, what works works as far as I'm concerned. Football is football. Um, you know, it, it just obviously you know you can't you know what. 40 years ago, you know, uh, 
the wishbone was it. There's, you know, there's no way there was going to be a wishbone in the in the NFL. But now, as the passing game has just been d- developed and continues to be developed, and just uh, ways that uh, you know you get down the field much faster, and you know, they used to be, you know, the the Patriots put this bit. Oh, you got to run the ball. You got to run the ball. They never they ran enough just to to keep the uh, defense honest, and the rest of the time it was a short passing game. It was basically long handoffs, if you want to say it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really um, evolved, as I, I'll say, um, because these guys have have realized that throwing the ball downfield, you can control the clock there's a short the short passing game you can control the clock you know everybody's about worried about their defense getting tired all the time because you know you're throwing the ball down the field and boom 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 and your defense is back out there but mm-hmm. uh you know obviously you can control the clock by throwing the ball more and i, and I think obviously that's what tennessee's going to do with josh heupel he's going to dink and dunk all the way down the field yeah no doubt and you know to me like watching Joe Milton at Michigan, he reminds me of a lot of Emory Jones, just the way they play, the style of uh, the, the style of quarterbacking they are. I, I think they remind me a lot of each other. So it's going to be interesting to kind of see how he fits into a into that Josh Heupel offense, where it's I mean, let's go 100 miles an hour, not a whole lot of quarterback running, but. Maybe there's that element that comes to it with with the Josh Heupel system. I don't know. I guess we might see it unveiled, depending on, you know, if he's smart, he'll he'll kind of tailor his system around what he has and not what he wants it to be. Eventually, he can recruit it to what he wants it to be. If he wants to run the true Josh Heupel system that you saw at UCF, Harrison Bailey has to be your guy. Like that's the only guy I think that can really execute that style of offense. But if you're going to go with Hendon Hooker or or Milton. You've got to change it up a little bit because I, I think both of those guys are probably closer to the mm-hmm. Henry Jones, Dak Prescott, you know, ru- running quarterback that you know it is really dangerous in the run game, has some accurate issue, accuracy, good lord, accuracy issues. The English language is kicking my butt tonight, and uh, you know, just stuff like that. So. Uh, but the, the chat, man, it's it's blowing up, man. I really like this chat feature. It's right in the middle of us. It's like like right there, front and center. Um, you know, Jake Thomas says in Florida, Todd Grantham is defensive coordinator. I don't know how. Um, but, yes, that is three automatic losses right there. I do agree. It's it's no longer third and Grantham. It's just first, down, first and Grantham, second and Grantham, third and Grantham, and fourth and Grantham even. So. You just you're just screwed with Grantham. Um, I think the I think it's the end of the road for him. Um, he just was the guy that couldn't figure all that out. Well, you know, like we I've said this before, and you have too. I, I was surprised that he he made it. I was surprised he's going to make it another year there. Uh, just how porous the defense was, especially late in the year, and then the obvious, you know. Camera TV cameras catch the the obvious uh, blow ups by Mullen towards him, and the, you know the confrontations they had. Uh, there's just no way I, I would have thought that he would be back. Uh, you know, it really surprised me. I kept waiting for it to happen, and it never happened. 
I know. I kept waiting, saying, okay, who, who are they going to hire as their defensive coordinator? Yeah. Is he going to go after Dan Lanning? Is he going to come back after, um, you know, I, I, I didn't know what Manny Diaz's fate would be at Miami. Um, you know, they, they've made stranger hirings and firings there, but I, I just, I, I don't understand it. I don't know what he's proven that, to let them know that he's the guy at this point because it's gone from bad to worse. He has not, they have not filled those outside edge rushers uh, back the way that they had them two years, two seasons ago uh, in 2019, where they were really good off the edge and they're really good at getting pressure on the quarterback. That's where they kind of thrived. I guess that's where he made his name, um, but he didn't have, he didn't have those, those same pass rushers and he didn't have those guys getting after it. And, you know, when you lose some people to the NFL and you don't replace them, like I see this happening with the offense too. Now, like you lose Pitts and Tony, like it's hard to replace Pitts and Tony, regardless of the situation. Those are two super talented players, but now you got to replace them. You have a mediocre backfield offensively. You don't know what's going to happen defensively. You have some guys go to the NFL. You have some guys that have underachieved and you have a lot of guys that, are still, I think, not learning the playbook because it is about a mile thick. Well, I agree with you. I don't see – there's not that guy that on either side of the ball that you as an opposing coach, uh, coordinator, has to game plan for. We've got to do this to player A right here in order for us to win, in order for us to move the ball, so on and so forth. That guy's not there. No. Uh, that guy was there. I could think of, you know, three of them from last year, yeah. just right off the top of my head. But that guy is not there. Day one, game one, that guy's not there. I don't see that guy. Now, that guy may be there after five games, but that guy's not there right now. Yeah, exactly. And will he get there? Who knows? But um, our, our next our next topic on, you know, I, I guess the chat is kind of like our sub topic generator here. Jake Thomas is like doing a great job producing here, uh, getting the assist, asking all the right questions. Props to you, Jake. Um, he says, fellas, how do you see South Carolina being this year? I think they could potentially win six games in Beamer's first year, but a lot has to fall into place. But that would be a huge win for Shane in his first year. Man, you have some confidence in Shane Beamer. I don't have that same level of confidence right now. Um, I, I think maybe eventually he'll get there. Uh, this is not the year a lot has to fall into place. There has to be some injuries, some teams falling apart. Uh, this South Carolina roster outside of Kevin Harris and uh, Nick Muse is pretty rough pretty rough so uh, it's it's gonna be a rough year in in, uh, in columbia south carolina i agree with you i i don't see um i, I don't see, I, I don't see any wins on this yeah I, I don't see how they, they could win six games uh if he does win six games he, he needs to be he should be sec coach of the year i really think that um i just don't uh, to me you're going to compare to I'll say fourth place 
Tennessee, well, I'll say Tennessee, Missouri, and South Carolina. I would definitely give Tennessee and Missouri the notch above South Carolina for that fourth place in the East. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I see it going Georgia, Kentucky, Florida, Missouri, Tennessee, and then the winner of the South Carolina Vandy game. Yeah. Uh, just, whoever wins that. It, it's a yeah. toss-up at this point. I mean, you know, you're closer to Vandy than you are Kentucky and right. South Carolina right now, which is pretty sad. Like outside of Vanderbilt, had Vanderbilt not been in the uh had Vanderbilt not been uh as pitiful as they were, South Carolina would have definitely taken that. South Carolina's probably thinking thanking South Carolina probably thanking Vanderbilt for being so pitiful. We have the fight the fighting Clark Lees. Uh, Colton Gauthier for, for Heisman says positively old miss Jake Thomas. Appreciate it, sir. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be rough in game Cockland. It just, it, it just South Carolina fans hold on Shane Beamer saying all the right things. He seems to be recruiting a little bit better than, than expected. So hang on. Um, Emory Jones would be the best quarterback, not named Dak that he had at, at MSU. Yes, that's definitely true. He, he's definitely talented. The production, well, if you're a Florida fan, hopefully follow. Um, I, I don't see it. I think Antoine Richardson, uh, the backup on that roster, could potentially be better. And if that, and if Emory Jones goes down, that might be a blessing in disguise for Dan. I think the best thing to happen for Florida would be maybe for Emory Jones to to go down for a game or two, and then and Antoine Richardson come in and, and take over the starting job. Uh, for for everybody else, best case scenario is Emory Jones, um, and and until they prove me wrong, which I will come on here and eat a giant plate of crow with Heinz fifty seven steak sauce, if and Heinz fifty seven did not pay me for that, they could, but they didn't, um, and, and I will say that I'm wrong if Emory Jones turns out to be what uh, he's being hyped up to be. I don't see it, not yet at least so uh but yeah the clark lee they're they're doing some good things down there uh as you know jake uh, steve and i are the president and vice president of the ken seals fan club we um i'm on board uh again they got new unis new new swag uh they're they're getting some remodeling done to the mcgugan center they need to fix that stadium it hadn't been fixed since uh since kurt page was playing quarterback there in 1984. Um, I was one year old uh, the last time that stadium saw any changes. Yeah, me too. I was I'm 37 now. I'm 37 <laughs> now. So um, that's quite a bit of time. Quite a, quite a bit of time. I'll be be 38 this year. Um, Vanderbilt Stadium is probably way older than yes, that. Yes, it is. Um, they could have like hosted all the. Play, uh, high school championship games like that would have been perfect for Vanderbilt to do, and I I just don't think that I just don't think TWSAA wanted to host it there. Like they opted for Chattanooga over yeah. Nashville. Chattanooga won the bid, um, not to go uh, beast of the uh, TWSAA, but there you go. Yeah, right? I think too. You know, it, it has been there in the past. I actually called a state championship game from Vanderbilt um, uh, at one point, and so it has been there in the past. But 
It's I, I think the TWA just to get off the subject a little bit. I think TWS delay wants to be in a city where they will be guaranteed top bill for their football championships, and that's not going to happen in Nashville. No, uh, it's not. Um, and that's the reason that I think they went to Cookville, uh, been in Murfreesboro, and and then now Chattanooga because it's not going to happen in Nashville. There's just way you got the Predators, you, you know, you've got the Titans. There's just way too much stuff going on in Nashville nationally uh, to draw the attention uh, uh, that the TWSAA wants. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And and that's that's what it is, man. So Vanderbilt, fix your stadium, please. Um some some news from Athens. Speaking of, you know, this is uh ADD radio coming at you at its finest. Uh speaking of, uh I want to make sure I hit on all the topics before we get out of here. But um Eric Gilbert, uh star transfer, um, is no longer with the team. Uh he is not off the team. He's just not with the team right now. He's dealing with some personal issues. Apparently had an altercation with uh, Kirby Smart at practice. I had some choice words for him. Uh, but but the kid that's going through some stuff, A, you, you, you can't cuss out the head coach you know what you're going through. That's never a good strategy. Uh, but B, he's going through some things. And, and you know, you, you, you hope, and this is the second case of some sort of mental health break. Um, in, within this program, first it was Scott Cochran. Now it's uh, now it's Eric Gilbert. So I mean, this COVID thing is real. Uh, the the depression and the mental health problems that come from this is real. Uh, Eric Gilbert's had a rough go at it. I mean, he was he was ousted basically unofficially uh, from from LSU at you know grades wise, whatever academics didn't fit in in campus, things like that. Goes to Florida, stays about a month, and goes back in the transfer portal. Ends up at Georgia. And now he is contemplating his future uh, with the dogs. So, um, you know, what, what what do you think about all this? I mean, knowing what we know about Eric Gilbert, I, I'm still surprised. But then again, he's dealt with a lot. So, um, you know, you just hope that he pulls through. And, and, Absolutely. Uh, his, his welfare is paramount uh, in this. Uh, he needs to get uh, whatever is – causing these problems rectified and his personal health is obviously more important than his, than his football uh, skills needed on a, on a Saturday. That being said, um, I hope he gets his selfishly. I hope he gets everything back together because you know, I like watching him play. I want to see him out there on Saturday. You know, you hate to see guys that have immense talent like he does and not be able to showcase it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it, it's he's super, super talented. I mean, the guy can do a lot of different things. He, he's going to be the next Kyle Pitts um, for, for Georgia. He was going to be within the, uh, within the you know, rotation of, of, of big-time playmakers there. But, you know, so you, 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 got, you can't help but think, you know, if you are – Obviously, you feel for the kid. Uh, you know he's dealing with a lot, but then you know where does that leave Georgia's receiver room? I I think that Georgia still has plenty of weapons. You know, I I think it's you know whether he comes back or not. You know, like I said, you hope he does. Uh, you hope he figures it out whether he comes back or not. But you hope he's okay. Um, 
But when you look at the flip side of it, what is he leaving behind on that roster? And you've got a lot of promise there with that wide receiver room. Three talented sophomores coming in. You got a true freshman that's that's coming in that had a huge spring game in the Donnie Mitchell. Justin Robinson again uh, is turning some heads at camp. That's five guys right there. Uh, without even talking about Kears Jackson, Dominic Blaylock as well. So you got seven guys at the wide receiver spot that can really, really make some, you know, make some, make some hay there. So the three sophomores I'm talking about is uh, Marcus Roseby, Jack St. Um, Arian Smith and Jermaine Burton. And then of course, Donnie Mitchell, Justin Robinson, Kears Jackson, Dominic Blaylock. You got tight ends, Darnell Washington, Brock Bowers, and then even John Fitzpatrick is uh, is no slouch either. Then you got James Cook out of the backfield, Kendall Milton out of the backfield, Kenny McIntosh out of the backfield. So you've got weapons. You've got a lot of them. So I am not worried that this, that this receiver room is left threadbare. I think it's still a strength. Again, it's a lot of unproven talent uh, outside of Jermaine Burton. It's a lot of guys that have – I flickered a little bit, but never really blown up. Remain Burton is probably the most proven out of that whole bunch. So, um, still, nonetheless, lots of talent there. Uh, if if it if it holds to to the uh, to the, I guess to well, it could happen to to a worse position. You know, not just for uh, Georgia. You know, they're thin there on experience. Uh, you know, the one thing that he would bring to the table is experience, something that they are lacking a lot of in that wide receiver uh, position. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned promise. There is promise there, but again, it's just promise. Uh, the experience is light, and you wonder uh, how heavily they're going to lean on that running game uh, to begin with. Just uh, – for, for lack of experience, you know, these guys are new, run the wrong route, end up throwing the ball where you were supposed to be, ends up getting intercepted, that type of thing, this, that, and the other. But like I said, it it is a position that is thin for Georgia. And, uh, you know, we, we'll see. Uh, you know, they're going to obviously get tested right off the bat, mm-hmm. taking on Clemson. So we'll find out really quick. Uh, and there'll be there'll be some guys to step up in that in that wide receiver position, uh, then and and make you feel better. But at this point right now, you know it's a question mark. It is because they haven't had the experience. But you know you, you look at the talent and some of the things that these guys have done. They all have had some sort of rapport with with JT Daniels at certain points uh, during his brief run last year, uh, where uh, Roseme had had a big had a huge catch in the Florida game and, and instantly broke his leg after taking a vicious uh, Donnie Mitchell had a great spring game. He was making plays all down the field. Jermaine Burton, of course, was pop, popped all last year. Again, the most experienced. So, I mean, a lot of these guys have played at this level, so it's not, they're not coming in completely new and fresh. We know a little bit about these guys, but when, when you look at, um, ability to carry an offense. We just don't know who that guy's going to be. Yet. Right. You, you think it's going to be Jermaine Burton. 
but we don't know for sure. And they all do different things well. Like Arian Smith is going to take the lid off the defense. Like that's kind of what he does. He's kind of the deep shot guy. Him, him, and the Donnie Mitchell are, are, the, are the two deep shot guys. Jermaine Burton is, is is going to be all over the intermediate routes and double moves and you know makes make tough contested catches and get get tough yards. Uh, then then you've got uh, Kyrus Jackson playing in the slot. Uh, running across the field, running short routes, running corners, just doing doing different, doing all kinds of different things there. You have Dominic Blaylock, which not really sure what we have in Dominic Blaylock because he's gotten hurt so frequently. We just don't, we still just don't really know what, what he can do on a consistent basis. Um, don't know how how those legs are going to respond. And then you know Washington is a freaking nightmare matchup for for whoever he's matched up against. And then Bowers, Bowers is somebody that's really light bulb has come on, but he's still just a freshman. Justin Robinson, we don't know a ton about him. He's still just a freshman. And Donnie Mitchell, still just a freshman. So the bright lights against Clemson, that could do some different things. But I agree with you on some points, and I disagree with you on some points about the wide receiver spot. It's not as, it's not thin in the way that you think it's thin. It's, thin there's talent there. So it's that. unproven. Yeah, th- yeah. Then, then on experience, I, I, I can, I can get behind that. Then on experience, don't know exactly what we got right now, and in the mix of guys that need. But I, I do know this: we're going to Georgia's going to be aggressive. I, I have to, I have to not say weak, because this is not the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast. But uh, Georgia's not going to be. They're going to be aggressive. They're not going to be the ground and pound team that they've been. They have a quarterback that can do it. They have a coordinator that's. Itching, itching to push the ball downfield and be aggressive in Todd Monken. He doesn't take this job to to have Kirby tell him, okay, let's let's run it three times and punt and let our defense go to work. Like he can't play that way anymore. I think Kirby finally realizes that. And so I don't think he's gonna let this this receiver situation stop it. To be honest. Yeah, the thing, you know, you obviously George Pickens is is a tremendous talent. And, and the thing you miss most about him is, as I said before, his experience. You knew what you were going to get with him. He's proven himself, what he can do when he's on top of his game. Uh, he, he can be a game changer. Uh, that's what they're really, really going to miss uh, with Pickens being out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Pickens is a guy that can take over a game. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, hands down. I mean, <laughs> that's a big, big void to be left. I don't care who you talent. are. Wow. Um, immense talent, just grit, just that. I mean, he's a dog, like pun intended. Like he is like, he, like there's a contested catch. He's going to go get it and he's going to get in your face about it. He has a little bit of attitude about him in, in a good way. I, I think he doesn't, he doesn't overdo it. Sometimes he does. He's still a little immature, but for the most part, he doesn't overdo it. He's very competitive, very gritty. So I, I, I like that. You know, he him, reminds me of he reminds me of a fight. more talented Jawan Jennings. Oh yeah, yeah. That's who absolutely. he absolutely. That's a great comparison. You know, that guy that's just gonna you're gonna throw it up the fifty fifty ball. He's gonna get it. You throw it in the air. It's not a fifty fifty ball anymore. For it's more of a. Uh, 70-30, you know, uh, yeah. when it goes up in the air because you got confidence that he's going to catch the ball. He's going to come down with it. Mm-hmm. And if you want to know the impact of George Pickens, go watch that game against Baylor in the, in the Sugar Bowl. He took that thing over. Yeah. 
though. So go check that out. He 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 made sure that Matt Rule had a perfect, uh, sarcastically speaking, perfect send off to the NFL, in which he's like, "Yeah, I'm not looking really. We we don't know. I want to stay at Baylor." And then hours after the game, he's like, "Yeah, I'm going to be the head coach of Carolina Panthers." <laughs> which which to me, if if you if you really want to know. That's a great thing for him. I don't care. I don't care if he gets fired midseason for the Carolina Panthers. That was still the right move because you're leaving Baylor. My feelings on Baylor is not very, not very, uh, not very strong. If uh, if you catch my drift there, not not to go beast of the Big Twelve, but um, that's uh, that's my thoughts on that. But uh, so yeah, I think that you know the situation is going to be interesting. Uh, for for the Georgia receiving core, and again to circle this all back around, I hope that Eric Gilbert is okay at the end of the day. And and Jake, um, I'm glad you were able to produce co-produce our show with us. Um, yes, get your get your questions ready next week. Just just run them through. Just rapid fire those things, man. We appreciate you being part of the chat. You made it fun. Now get your friends involved, right? So um, I was gonna say it. You I'm know, not real sure how long we've been going. Yeah, do you see the that the AP Top 25 is out? Uh, oh, yes. yeah. Yes. So, yep. I've, I've been in practice okay. mode. I haven't haven't yes. seen these things. Uh, do tell. Uh, we'll go over the SEC. Alabama one, Georgia yeah. five. Uh, right. You have Florida. Who's in between them? Who's in between them? Uh, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State. In that order, right. I was a little surprised that Clem that Oklahoma overtook Clemson. <laughs> Well, I don't. I wouldn't say yeah, I'm not, I'm not Oklahoma in a two and not Clemson. Um, not other SEC, as I said, Florida at thirteen, LSU at sixteen, what? and yeah, that's it. What? That's it for the top twenty-five. So no, no Ole Miss, no Ole Miss. No, where's A and M? They barely, barely missed it. Barely did, missed. Did, it. Did, did we? Did we skip over A and M? Yeah, yes, I did skip over. A and M is six. I'm sorry. Good point. I, I missed. I missed. Hey, God, man, yeah. this is brutal, man. <laughs> this is brutal. Yes, missed A M at six. My bad. Yeah, I <laughs> went right over them. Okay. Flashback to uh, the old Big Twelve. How's that? Yeah, no. yeah there you go. You uh, yeah. you, left, you left them out like the so. Were you, you were on the playoff committee, weren't you? you That's exactly out. right. I wanted to mind. Left him out. That there he goes. Uh, yeah, looking at, looking at those at the SEC, I, I think Florida's too high. I don't think they're number thirteen. Way too high. What I what, just don't. Where's this? Where's all this love coming from? I, like they have Todd Grantham as their defensive coordinator, and they lost so much firepower. Like what? Where's I, this coming from? I get Alabama yeah, I get it too. because I get, I get they they they've proven that they reload and that they had the ability to reload. I get yeah. Alabama. I really do. Um, yeah, but Florida. Here's one for you. Hey, LSU to you right here, Corey. Oh man, Georgia got three yeah. first place votes. Ohio State just one. So how do you, what? I don't go. I don't understand it. Yeah, I, I guess I'm lost. I guess right. Um, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't get it. Like I, I think Ohio State's good. Clemson's good. Oklahoma's good. Georgia's better than all three of those teams, I think. Georgia's definitely better than Clemson. I do agree with you on that, Jay. Um, Ohio State, yeah, you, you, I mean, well, yeah, we can have a discussion about that. Um, 
that might be that might be a topic I bring up with Israel. That could be a discussion. Oklahoma, okay, I see it. You have Spencer Rattler. Uh, you have Eric Gray, Wanya Morris coming back on offense. You have not, I think you have like eight starters coming back on defense. I, I get the Oklahoma love, but like Clemson, like, come on, man. Like Clemson loses sunshine and ETN. <laughs> Again, I, I, that's, like, that's a on, reputation man. pick there too, you know? I'm surprised that I'm surprised. I, I expected to see Clemson second. Not not saying they deserve to be second, just that I just expected them to be second, just on reputation at this point. Yeah. But I mean, when you talk about returning talent, I mean, you know, why why is Georgia not higher? I, I guess losing George Pickens kind of knocked him on the list. I see that, but still that defense, oh my God. Uh, A&M, I think they're properly. I think they sit properly. Yeah. They, they've got yeah. they've got a quarterback battle they got to figure out. But my God, are they good on defense? Yes, they are. Uh, Ole Miss not being in the top twenty-five. Ass and I, I agree. They they should um, be in the top twenty-five. I agree one hundred percent with that. That that is some that is some Chad Kelly bull jive. Yeah. Listen, the SEC West is going to be that good. I know we're the beast of the East, but the SEC West is going to be that good to where the third place team is going to be in the top 25. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no it's doubt. It's going to be insane. No doubt. It's going to be, ins- it's going to be insane. Like the, you're going to get half the damn conference in the, in the top 25. It's going to be insane. Um, and I can't wait till they improve. I can't wait till they expand this field to 12. So you can get four, four sec teams and just say F you to everybody else and, and have an all sec semifinal. That'd be insane. But, um, you know, to have Alabama and Georgia and then whoever the other two teams are cool. Let's just, let's just duke it out. Let's just, let's just make it an in-home thing. Right. Um, so, and, and I, I don't mind seeing Oklahoma up there. They're joining the conference. That brings us, I, I consider them SEC right now. So um, I guess you could say Oklahoma is still their SEC. They're with us. They're officially members. They just haven't started yet. <laughs> That's so, exactly right. Um, I, I don't care. And there's Texas at 21. So I don't. I don't consider them. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of love for Texas. I I, I don't get the love for Texas. Um, I, I think they're going to finish middle of the pack in the Big 12 at best. Yeah. Uh, um, they're yeah on, on illegal motion again. Just, the head coach yeah. gets them there at 21. He does. Yeah, he does. That's that's a reputation thing too. So, woo, the top twenty-five. Interesting. We're gonna. It's gonna be fun how this one shapes out. I think this is gonna be a fun season because there's a lot of teams that are good. Like we uh, on illegal motion, we just did our Big Ten and uh, Big Twelve previews, and um, I guess we'll call the Big Twelve not to copy uh, the one of the greatest docu docu series in the history of docu series, the last dance, but this is the last dance for the big 12. It is. It is um, it's going through there. And, it, it and so whatever version is going to be, you know, obviously there've been talk about the big 12 and the ACC and the PAC 12 forming an alliance. Um, but I tell you what, I could see, I could see the, the big 12 getting what the remaining teams being, Left out in the cold. 
Yeah, it's just not going to be fun for the Texas Techs and the Baylors of the world. But because um, Baylor ain't going to the Big, uh, Baylor ain't going to the Pac-12. They're not going to take a religious institute with a bunch of scandal. That ain't going to happen. Um, Texas Tech ain't going to the Pac-12 because they're not good enough academically, and they don't really bring anything in any other sport. Um, they ain't going to the Big Ten for the same reason. Uh, I don't know where those two teams end up, but that's a different story for a different time. Um, but you know, in doing those previews, like there's some, there's some pretty good teams, and there's some, there's some potential in uh, in the Big Ten and, and Big Twelve. I really like Kansas State. I really like Iowa State, and I really like, uh, I really like TCU this year. TCU got a mm-hmm. couple of Nashville kids, um, TJ Carter and Obinizi, um, to uh, to join their squad. I, I think they're going to be tough in in the Big Twelve. Texas is going to have something to say about that. Uh, in in the Big 12 as an SEC member, um, they have to represent well. Uh, Big 10, I really like the Gophers. I, I think they're going to make some noise. Indiana's well coached. Penn State, I think, is going to bounce back if they clean up their turnovers. So, you know, there's going to be some 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 conferences that are very very competitive. Uh, the ACC with NC State, that's going to be a surprise team to to look out for. They're on Mississippi State schedule, so Jake, you may want to talk about that. Uh, Penn State's on Auburn schedule. You may want to talk about that um, on, on on Best of the West, but you know I, I think it's going to be it's going to be a fun year in college football. That that was the point. The the whole top twenty five is take a take a picture of it now. It's going to be drastically different three weekends. Oh yeah, uh, there's no doubt about it. You know there there's going to be so much to happen. Uh, and there's going to be some key injuries that's going to cost teams a lot. Um, there's going to be some guys to step up out of nowhere that we've not even thought about uh, that turn themselves into superstars. And then that's what makes college football the great game it is. Uh, you know, I, I love it. Can't wait for it to get here. Uh, the 28th, there'll be no SEC games, but I'll be watching games. There's no doubt about that. All right. So, um, man, it's uh, it's been an exciting show. Um, I never thought that turning these three topics into what we turned it into was going to happen, but thanks to our co-producers, Jake and Cassidy Thomas. Yes, Cassidy had some this. class to the uh, to the broad to the uh, the broadcast, and we we appreciate. See, it. see, Jake, she added emojis. She's using yeah. emoji, so yeah. uh, you got to step up your game, my man. Um, so, Cassidy, props to you. All right, props to you. Thanks for thanks for the kind words. And uh, Jake, you're killing it with Best of the West. This is going to be an awesome lineup. Best of the West, Beast of the East with us. Um, and of course, SEC After Dark. That's where Steve and I wrap it all up. We're, we're, we're going to be joined by Jeb Beecham uh, as our third co-host as soon as he gets settled in. So that'll be fun. Uh, again, you can catch me on Believe in Georgia Dogs on the Believe Network. And uh, again, uh, our, our man Jake Thomas on on Tide Talk Sports also on the same network. So, um, Craig, that's going to wrap it up for us, man. Any uh, any last thoughts before we before we wrap this thing up? No, just uh, you know, there's still a, a lot of question marks for a lot of SEC teams out there. Uh, I mean, you can really uh, you can really almost name one particular thing where there's a question mark. There is no clear cut favorite, even though Alabama is number one in in the AP AP poll. I don't, this this Alabama team for 2021 is nowhere near the 2020 
version. Uh, so there's question marks for them also. Yeah. I mean, the biggest question mark for Alabama, and, and, and Jake, you can uh, expound on this on your show tomorrow. I, I'm going to play co-producer for you for a second. Is Bill O'Brien for real? Like, is is he going to, like, actually do something for you guys, or is he going to try to trade away Bryce Young for uh, a fourth-round pick? I mean, what what what's going to happen there? Like, I, I'm not on the Bill O'Brien uh, train at all. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I hate to tell me I really did not like that hire. I thought you, I, I I don't know who you could have gotten, but I imagine it could have it probably could have been better than than Bill O'Brien. So uh, I mean, you know, it's Alabama. There's a lot of talent, so that's kind of that's going to supersede a lot of his mistakes. But man, like I guess Saban is really kind of taking this uh, coaching rehab thing. Yes, he, he is. Man, he but, is. Um, this is this will he this is his uh, Frankenstein right here. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, well, God, if, if he if he can resurrect Bill right. career, man, it's just it's just freaking it's just freaking mic drop, man. <laughs> I mean, this is like if there was any if there was ever any doubt uh, about Saban being the great uh, about Saban being the goat. I mean, this is going to pretty much shatter any, any any remaining doubters. Like it just hands down. Like if Alabama wins, if Alabama wins anything, if Alabama even wins the conference this year, go. Like you win it with Bill O'Brien as your offense coordinator and reload and and replacing all of everything that replacing three first rounders, four first rounders. Sorry, yeah. four first rounders. No, no, like six on the offense. Mm-hmm. You had two. You had two linemen, uh, and and I think that like two others got drafted like in the second round or something like that. Something crazy, like you're replacing a lot. Waddle, Smith, Jones, Harris. Those are your first rounders. Like it's insane what Alabama's trying to replace, and Alabama's the only team that I would have confidence in that could do that. But not Bill O'Brien. So. Um, and as you see that great trade piece he got from the from the Cardinals, David Johnson's not even the not even the he's the third string running back now. He's behind Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram. So go figure, right? Um, that's how well that move worked out for him. But uh, he's no longer there with the with the Houston Texans. That's a mess of a franchise right there. So we won't get into that. But um, anyway, I uh, probably spent. Uh, that was the Bill O'Brien hour for uh, East of the East. But, uh, Craig, we're going to wrap up for real this time. That was uh, – I lied to you earlier. Um, but we're going to wrap up for you now. Uh, we are the Beast of the East podcast. We are on the Believe Podcast Network. So find us, like, subscribe, uh, do all that stuff where you find your podcast. Follow our social media accounts right there below. Uh, subscribe to Willis Digital Media. Subscribe to Believe in, Believe in Georgia Dogs on YouTube. Uh, find us on Twitch, uh, Positively Ole Miss. Find them. Uh, they're on Twitch. I know nothing about Twitch. Um, so if you can teach me, that would be awesome. Um, find us on Twitter. Find us anywhere, Instagram, wherever you want to on social media. Believe in Georgia Dogs has a TikTok account. Hadn't used it, but we have one. Um, going to figure out how to use that as well. Um, I'm going to be well-versed in all the Gen Z apps. So for Craig Ladd, I'm Corey Burton. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And uh, we will see you back here next week as we close in to opening day of the college football season. We are the Beast of the East presented by betonline.ag. Thank you and good night.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.